Welcome to the Always Evolving Podcast. This is a podcast about living an awake, aware, conscious life. It's about recognizing that our lives are a product of the choices that we make, and the ripple effects of those choices impact our families, our communities, and the world. So let's choose wisely. If it helps to evolve us as individuals, then we will likely cover it at some point on this podcast. Because, after all, we are always evolving, and in all ways. I'm your host, Erica Boucher. Hey everybody, today I want to talk about fear of failure, stepping out of your comfort zone, and embracing the awkwardness when we engage in something new. I share five ways to do all of this so that you can enjoy a big life without contracting and playing small. I share a lot about my own awkward journey and some pretty embarrassing, very recent moments and how I have and am bouncing back from them. What inspired this podcast was a training call that I had with a small group of people that are going through my life coach certification program. This was just yesterday. And we got on the topic of something that I call embracing the awkwardness. So one of the women in the call is doing one of her practicums. So one of their practicums is to do a practice coaching call with a friend or a family member just to start getting a feel for it. And she talked about how it was challenging because this person didn't really say much and she was having difficulty keeping the coaching call going. So that sparked the conversation about embracing the awkwardness anytime we are doing something new, anytime we're stepping outside of our comfort zone. And this is something that I tell people all the time. Anytime somebody comes to me and says they've never done yoga before, that they're a complete and total beginner, the first thing I say is, great, I love working with beginners. The second thing I usually say is you have to embrace the awkwardness. Because anytime we are practicing something new, we are pushing up against the edge of our comfort zone, we're going to experience some awkwardness because we're doing something we've never done before. So in the case of yoga, we're moving our bodies in a way that we've never probably tried to move our bodies before, or we haven't tried to move our bodies in that way in a really long time, maybe since we were kids. So naturally, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. Our bodies don't quite yet know what it is we're asking them to do. So I always encourage them to embrace the awkwardness. And I tell them, don't worry, it will get better. It'll get easier. Your body will get more and more comfortable with the practice. The truth is, if we're continuing to grow, we're always going to be bumping up against our edge, our comfort zone. That's part of growth. If we aren't doing that, we're no longer growing, right? So if we're never experiencing any kind of awkwardness, we're probably not stretching, we're not growing in any way. Anytime we are practicing something new, there's that awkward phase between being a student and being a quote unquote expert, if we're ever truly an expert at something. But in between that student and expert phase is the awkward phase. 
And that's just something we have to move through in order to grow. There's no way around that, really. When I went through my first yoga teacher training, at that point, I had already been teaching in a classroom-like setting for a few years. But when I went through my first yoga teacher training, and then I was out in my community and I was teaching, that was a very scary, uncomfortable time. It was very awkward. I wasn't used to teaching yoga. I didn't know how to cue people into the poses. I had to demonstrate while teaching. It was all very, very new, very uncomfortable. But there was no way around it. In order for me to get more comfortable with it, to get more at ease with the whole thing, I had to just keep doing it. And every single class that I taught, I learned something new and I got a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable with it. The same thing happened when I went through massage school. Even though in our massage training, we did a lot of massages. We massaged our fellow students a lot in order to get some experience and to learn. But once I graduated and I had my massage license and I was out there offering massage in my community, the first few massages were very nerve wracking for me. Again, I just had to keep doing them. There was no way around the experience, just getting the practical experience. And over the course of a couple of months, which turned into a couple of years, I got to the point where I was quite comfortable, comfortable enough that I could actually teach other people how to give massage. The same thing happened when I went through my hypnotherapy training. It's one thing to go through the training and it's all theory. It's another thing to actually start practicing something. Again, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. It wasn't fluid. It just didn't flow seamlessly. I just didn't yet have it all figured out. I was still finding my voice. I was still finding my way with it. Again, it took months, if not years, before I really got completely comfortable with it. If we're learning, if we're growing, that's a necessary part of the process. We have to be willing to move through it. We have to be willing to be awkward once in a while. More recently, I've been starting to tackle some new things in my business. I'm doing live videos, Facebook feeds, and a podcast, and live webinars. The other reason I was inspired to do this particular podcast was because I had a, I had a disaster happen in the last week with regards to my live webinars. So again, completely new, completely outside of my comfort zone. There's a whole lot of technology for me to learn. And after spending weeks, if not even a couple of months on preparing for that live webinar, I had my first one a week ago and it went great. And I got great feedback and I was super excited to do it again. The second live webinar that I had scheduled didn't happen. I showed up ready to go. And because of some error in the system, the link wasn't good and people couldn't make it to the webinar. So I'm there ready to get started, but nobody could find their way to me. And I couldn't fix the problem fast enough to salvage that webinar. That was mortifying. So I've already talked about this in my, my email and in my blog. So you might have, might have already heard me talk about this. But the reason I'm bringing it up again is because it happened again. So I thought that was the horror story that I was going to have to share for a while. Like, great, this is a great learning experience. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a lot of mileage out of this one sharing this story. So I rescheduled the webinar and thought, you know what, you learned a lot. Just get back up on that horse and keep going. Rescheduled it for last night. And 
super excited. I had even more people scheduled for that webinar than I did for the other two combined, really. And I show up and I'm ready to go. Same thing happens. I start getting messages from people saying the link isn't good. They can't get into the room. So I'm on the webinar and I get on the phone with a tech person and I'm upset, really upset because I'm basically saying you have to fix this. This cannot happen again. I can't fail at this two times in a row. People are going to lose faith. They're not going to come back a third time if this doesn't happen. So I'm on the phone with the tech person. I'm on my webinar and I am panicking. I am freaking out not realizing that there are 10 people in the webinar that are watching and hearing everything that I'm saying and doing. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. I watched the video later and I was horrified and relieved all at the same time. It wasn't good. It definitely was not the professional live webinar that I was aiming for, but it wasn't the train wreck that it could have been. So two big learning opportunities for me in the last week alone. And so it's ironic that my life coaching trainees and I were just having this conversation about how anytime you try something new, there's that awkward phase and there's just no way around it. You can prepare as much as possible and still things may go wrong. I also shared the example of a yoga class that I recently went to. And it was a class I had never been to before. And it was a a young yoga teacher. I'm guessing she was probably in her mid-20s. So she probably didn't have a whole lot of experience teaching. And I'd say about a third of the way into the practice, her music box started to go awry. It sounded like a fire alarm was going off in the building. That's actually what I thought it was. I thought the fire alarm was going off. And for the first time, we were all going to have to file out of the building in the middle of a yoga class. But it turned out it was her music box making this noise. And she was having a lot of trouble figuring out how to turn it off. She's pressing the buttons and she's clearly getting frustrated and flustered. And that noise is clearly not setting the mood she was trying to set with her yoga class. Finally, she was able to shut off the music box, but then she couldn't get the music going again. And after a minute or two of fumbling with that, and when you're in the middle of something like that, two minutes feels like two hours. It feels like a lifetime. After a few minutes, I said, you know, we're okay with just listening to the sound of our breathing if you want. And the woman on the mat next to me said, yeah, we're totally fine. Don't worry about the music. But the instructor, you could tell, was visibly flustered by that experience and probably needed the music. She was probably early enough in her teaching career that she wasn't sure how to hold the space for a yoga class without having the music there to help her do it. So she persisted and eventually she was able to get the music up and running again. But that's just one of those things that there's no way around it. Things are going to happen no matter how much you prepare, no matter how much training and education you get. We don't get to skip over the experiential part, the practical application of what we've learned. And that's where we learn and grow the most. When I think about all the education I've had in all the different areas, the education was one piece, like getting the training was one piece. But where I really learned the most was when I actually got out into the trenches, out into the field and started practicing what I learned. That's when everything started to change. Everything started to shift and I really started to grow. So even though I have two pretty recent quote unquote epic (laughs) fails on my hands with regards to live webinars, not even for a second did I entertain the thought that I wasn't going to do it again. 
I never even considered that I was going to give up because that's not an option, right? What's going to happen and what is happening is I'm harnessing that experience, the power of that experience, and I'm turning it into gold. I'm learning from this experience and I'm using it as an opportunity to teach my students to be prepared for the unexpected, to expect the unexpected. How do we handle ourselves in those moments? Now, granted, I didn't particularly handle myself with grace during last night's call, but I'm going to give myself a break because we learn as much from what goes wrong as we do from what goes right. In fact, probably more so. And again, remember, we don't go from student directly to expert in anything unless you've got some incredible beginner's luck going on. So I don't care if you're talking about learning a new language, playing an instrument, practicing yoga, doing massage, whatever it is, there's that awkward phase that we have to move through and breathe through while we're getting experience. Otherwise, what are our options? We can simply refuse to grow and refuse to stretch. We just don't push ourselves. We don't push up against our comfort zone in any way. We can play small and just say, you know what? I'm just going to stay right here in my little comfort zone. I'm not going to put myself out there. I don't have to worry about being embarrassed. I don't have to worry about failing. The risk is that we will shrink our dreams down to meet our current comfort level. So you could simply choose not to grow, not to stretch. Just don't even go there. Don't put yourself out there. Don't risk being embarrassed. Don't risk being uncomfortable. You could choose to play small. You could shrink your dreams down to meet your current comfort level. So maybe you have a dream of traveling the world, but then you start to become afraid. You start to be fearful of what it would be like to travel the world. And so maybe you start thinking, well, you know what? Maybe I'll just travel the United States. I'll just stay within the United States because that feels safer. But then maybe that starts to feel not quite so safe. And so then you think, you know what? Florida is a beautiful state. I'm just going to explore Florida. I'm not going to move beyond Florida. I'm just going to really take in my state. But then what's to keep you from shrinking even further to the point where you're just staying in your one little small community? There are people who never venture out. There are people who don't venture out of their communities, out of their states, out of their countries. So that's an option. Shrink your dreams down to meet your current comfort level. And you can risk letting your life pass you by. Those are your options. If you are refusing to embrace the awkwardness, if you're refusing to be out of your comfort zone, if you're refusing to ever face the possibility of failure, or you can embrace the awkwardness. You can choose to move right into it, breathe right into the center of it. It's like in yoga. The first few times you try to do a handstand, for instance, it may not be very graceful. It may not be very pretty. It may not happen. But if you keep trying, eventually you find your way up into that handstand. And that's an exhilarating moment. And then the next time you do it, you get a little more comfortable. And then the next time you do it, you get a little more comfortable. And before you realize it, you're walking around on your hands or you're doing a handstand on a stand-up paddleboard. So again, we don't get to go from never having done a handstand to suddenly doing a handstand on a stand-up paddleboard just as an example. So here are five things that you can do to overcome the fear of failure. Number one, don't wait. The longer we put something off, 
the less likely it is that we're going to do it. This podcast, for example, this was something I wanted to do 10 years ago. I bought my podcasting equipment 10 years ago, and I kept waiting for it to be the right time. And here's the thing, it was never going to be the right time until I decided it was the right time. And what inspired me was listening to other podcasts that I was really enjoying and realizing if they can do it, there's no reason I can't do this too. Finally, I had to overcome my fear of failure. I had to overcome my resistance to feeling the awkwardness and just simply dive in, which I did, recognizing that it's going to be probably not my best work in the beginning. In fact, as I was studying how to start a podcast, they all say that. The first few podcasts you do, you're just going to be finding your voice. And years down the road, you're going to have trouble going back to the first few podcasts you did and listening to them because it's going to be painful to hear how bad you were in the beginning. So I was prepared for that. I was prepared for things to not be perfect right up front. I was actually okay with that when, when I finally did launch this podcast, trusting that I was going to be improving on it every single week, every single time I did one. So that's number one. Don't wait because the risk is that we end up waiting forever. Number two, have a role model. Find somebody who's already doing what it is that you want to be doing and they're doing it well. Chances are, if there's something that you're really interested in doing, there already is a role model in mind because this person probably inspired you. They showed you what it looks like to be really good at that thing. And in that moment, the idea was born that I want to do that. For me, when I first started teaching yoga, there was an instructor who was by far the best instructor I had ever experienced. She was phenomenal at creating an experience for her students. She was unique. She was warm-hearted. She was genuine. She was intuitive. And I really loved her way of teaching. So when I started teaching, I really modeled a lot of what she did, as well as other teachers. I started picking up a little bit here and a little bit there until I made it my own and found my own way and my own voice as a yoga teacher. The same thing is true of the podcast. I've been listening to two or three podcasts that I really like, and they're my inspiration. They're the ones that show me what it looks like to really step into your power as a podcaster. And so they inspire me. They're my role models. So whatever it is you want to do, find a role model. Who's that role model that inspires you to do that, to do that thing that you're, that you're wanting to do? And then number three, practice, practice, practice. There's no way around it. You have to practice. When I went through my yoga teacher training, again, I had to get out there and I had to be awkward. I just had to do it. I taught friends. I taught family members. I taught free classes just to get experience. The same thing happened after massage school and the hypnotherapy training. And I tell my yoga students this all the time. Those that go through my empath yoga teacher training, you have to get out there and do it. They're required to do 10 practicums, 10 practice classes with friends or family, because with each and every one of those practicums, they learn something new. By the time they're done with their 10 practicums, they've just taught 10 yoga classes. They're that much further along. The people who don't do the practicums are the people who never ultimately end up teaching. They never get through that 
phase. They never get through that awkward phase of practicing, practicing, practicing. So whatever it is, there's no way around that. You've got to get the experience. And the quicker you dive in, the more likely it is that you're going to do it. Again, don't wait. Find a role model. Practice, practice, practice. And then number four is learn to laugh at yourself. You've got to have a sense of humor about it. I had to do that with my recent experiences with my live webinar. After the first live webinar didn't happen, I actually was laughing 30 minutes later and my boyfriend commented from the other room like, wow, I can't believe you're laughing. That's, that's good. That's a good sign. <laughs> but in my mind, I had already decided why it was funny. And I started crafting the email that I wanted to send out to my list the next morning to explain what happened. And I had fun with it. And I really was okay. I was able to laugh about the experience and move on. After the second live webinar went awry, it took me a little bit longer. I was pretty mortified for the rest of the night. I think I woke up a few times in the middle of the night thinking, oh my gosh, was that as bad as I think it was? And then by this morning, I said, all right, Erica, what's the gold in this? What's the gift in this situation? And I realized, well, number one, it could have been worse. Number two, I'll never make that mistake again. And if I ever did, it's never going to be the first time I've made that mistake. So I will handle it with more grace. But number three, it gave me the fodder for this podcast. It gave me the inspiration for this podcast because like I said, ironically, my life coach trainees and I were just talking about this yesterday morning. And then last night, I have another experience with what it means to really embrace the awkwardness. So we've got to be able to laugh at ourselves. We've got to have a sense of humor about things. I tell my students that on the yoga mat all the time. Don't take this too seriously. Smile, laugh at yourself, give yourself permission to be a student. Most people are not as hard on us as we are on ourselves. Most people are pretty forgiving. And number five, don't give up. Get right back on that horse. I actually can't wait to do my next live webinar because I want to finish on a high note. I want to have a good experience to, to end with. So as soon as possible, I will do another live webinar. It's probably going to be a couple of months only because I have some other projects that I need to, to focus on, but I'm absolutely getting back on that horse. And the same thing is true of anything. Even if you stumble, even if it's awkward, even if it's embarrassing, don't give up. Get right back up, get right back on that horse and breathe through the discomfort. You will come out on the other side with a lot more experience. You'll have a funny story to tell. You'll have grown because you found a way to laugh at yourself instead of just shutting down. There are so many reasons to not let a failure keep you down. So the five things you can do to overcome your fear of failure. Number one, don't wait. Whatever that thing is that you want to do, don't wait. Don't risk never getting around to it. Number two, have a role model. Who's already doing what it is that you want to do and doing it well? Who's the person that inspired you? Keep that person in mind as you're getting your experience, as you're out there getting experience. Keep that person in your mind. Number three, practice, practice, practice. Keep practicing. Your friends and your family will be happy to support you in this. 
Number four, learn to laugh at yourself. Have a sense of humor about things. It's usually not as bad as we think it is. And number five, don't give up. Get right back on that horse as soon as possible. Don't wait. So I hope this has been inspiring and or enlightening in some way. And thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by the Empath Yoga Teacher Training, a 200-hour yoga training for those who want to teach yoga or simply make yoga an ongoing part of their daily lives. The upcoming yoga teacher training is scheduled for October of this year, 2018, and we are now registering. Find out more at empathyoga.com. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Always Evolving. Please feel free to share this episode with anyone you think might appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this podcast, let me know by giving me a five-star rating and help our ranking so we can reach more people who might be inspired by our message. Until next time, remember, our lives are a product of the choices that we make. Choose wisely. Choose wisely.